What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Amen. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's open up in prayer and uh, invite God to do what uh, only he can do. Father, we have, uh, we've come to you this morning. We thank you, God, that you are uh, constantly reaching out to us. You're constantly moving towards us. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. No one seeks God on their own. We have all, like sheep gone astray, each one to our own way. And God, we thank you for saving us. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you, God, that you love the world, that you gave your one and only son so that we could be saved, that we could have eternal life, so that we could be sons and daughters. And I pray, God, as we receive that, as we receive that, that we would be a people that would go and proclaim that so that others may come and experience you, our great king. There is no one that is like you. There is no one that is like you, God. And we just worship you this morning. We adore you this morning. You alone are worthy. You are worthy, God, to receive all of our honor, glory, all of our praise. God, everything is due your name. And we just bless you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that at your name, at your name, Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that you, Jesus, are Lord to the glory of the Father. And so come and do in us what we cannot do in ourselves. Light that fire, God. Bring revival. Come and awaken your bride so that we move with you to a lost and hurting world who needs you, Jesus. Help us, God. Help us, God. Forgive us, God, for the apathy. Forgive us, God, for the complacency. And when I say us, I say me, Dad. Help us, God, to see with your eyes that people are helpless, harassed, Sheep without a shepherd, in need of you, Jesus. And so, God, equip your saints today for the work of ministry, we pray. Come and have your way. Speak through me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. We are uh, in a four-week series. Next week, we're going we're gonna to end, okay? And we're going to end on a topic called missional community or community missional. Um, that's the title, all right? Unless I change it. Because the church is the family of God. The church is the body of Christ. Like, we belong to one another. We're members of one another. 
And as the, the, the family goes, right, so the community goes. You know, you hear it said it takes a, uh, a village, right, to, to, to raise a child. And I say, no, 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 no. You better have a church raised in that village or you'll have village people. Okay? It's the church. The church is what Jesus set up. The church is the hope of the world. The church is the answer. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That's what Jesus said. So he's building his church. And so if I'm following Jesus, what am I doing? I'm building the church. So that's why we're spending four weeks on membership here in the summer. Because when fall comes, we want to have people in their place, in their positions, and ready to go for war. Some of you are going to get shot, okay, spiritually, all right? And that's okay, because there's some of you that are going to be on the inner healing medical team that are going to heal up your wounds, and they're going to send you back out to get shot again. And this is how the body should function as we walk under the headship of Christ. I'm not the senior pastor. Jesus is. He's the good shepherd. I'm just an under-shepherd under his leadership. This is his flock. So with that being said, you will have some follow-up. And Kevin, I don't know if you could throw that slide up again of the tithe box and the connection card with it going in. This is not going to be a typical, you know, uh, the things that I'm t taking you through these past few weeks are part of our membership class. They're, they're for people that want to join our church. So this isn't something, this message today is not usually what I would share with the church on a Sunday morning, but I just felt led to do the membership class on Sunday morning. So this is more of a family discussion, not a public thing that's to go out. Um, so we're going to be doing things a little bit different today rather than what you're used to. Now, there is a tithe box in the back corner by the sound booth, and that's that blue thing. And that's where tithes go, but also that's where your connection card goes. If you want to become a member of this church... You need to email us and, and fill out the, the connection card. We will send you a number of different things so that you know what you're signing up for. For example, there are certain commitments that we have at our church. Um, one of them is, is that we, we, we have you sign a document that says, hey, we're going to practice Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Well, what is that? It's this. Jesus said, if somebody sins against you, you go to them one-on-one, -on -one, and if they listen, you've gained a brother. That's the whole motive for confrontation, by the way, to gain a brother, not to be right, not to get your way, and not to get justice. It's to gain a brother. And so when our hearts are right and we go one-on-one -on -one and they don't listen, then we go bring somebody else. Why? It's what Jesus said. And then when they don't listen to the other person, we bring them before the church, which means on some Sunday morning, you might see Kevin up here. I'm just kidding, Kevin. Because we've went through all three, and now we've got to remove somebody from the church. And if people are like, man, that doesn't sound too nice. That doesn't sound too Christian. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. 
We follow Jesus here. We obey his commands. And Jesus, he's not nice. He's truth. And sometimes the truth ain't what? Nice. Honey, how do I look in my outfit? I don't do that, but I heard other guys do that, right? Jesus is nice. He's very kind, and his kindness leads us to repentance, but he's also truth. And see, grace, apart from truth, is no grace at all. Grace and truth go together. It's that two-edged sword that cuts and divides. And so, anyway, not only will that happen, but we also do a tour with our church. So every member needs to go on the tour. So we go through a tour of Tamron Avenue. It takes about an hour Hour and 15, depends how long I go. We talk about the history of what has happened in the Tamron Avenue community, and there is a lot of people that don't understand the why behind the what. And people can look from a distance, but when we get close, like the good Samaritan did, he got off his animal, he saw the blood, he bandaged, he was there, he felt it, there was compassion, right? And so we want to look and we want to see because it's part of our DNA as a church. Another thing that we will uh, discuss is gift assessment. Everybody has a gift here. I brought up Lynn Merrill uh, last service and uh, talked about her, and she, her job is doing bookkeeping in the real world, right, at a, a little company called uh, Regal Paint, right? Get your paint there, by the way, Regal Paint. They, they support. They did all of this here for us, so go buy your paint, not at Home Depot. Go to Regal Paint in Jesus' name. Anyway, so, so um, I was joking in Jesus' name, okay? There's a freedom in Christ. If you want cheap paint, go to Home Depot. If you want good paint, go to Regal. Anyway, um, so here's the deal. Help me, Father. She does bookkeeping there, and she was on our financial committee for about five years here at Bow Down, making sure everything was accounted for, making sure we're above reproach, making sure nothing went wrong. Um, I stay away from the funds. I don't want to see the funds. And you know what? As your pastor, just FYI, because of James chapter 1, I don't know what anybody gives. So I don't know if you're tithing or not, right? So some of you can calm down a little bit. I don't want to know. You know why? James chapter 1 says, and it warns us, be very careful when a rich person comes in and a poor person comes in. That's you. That's my own, not a translation, but yeah, yeah, whatever it's called. Be very careful of that. And so if I know who's given, there's a potential in my corrupt heart to treat you differently if you give more. There's, and so I don't want to know. Does that make sense? And we're going to talk about offering and giving today, by the way. So anyway... That's our connection card. You'll get things that, that, that will help you to, to say, okay, this is what I have to do to become a member. Because everybody, if you're a member, you should be serving somewhere in the church. I was reading through the book of Numbers and, uh, this past week, and 
It's interesting to me, all of the children of Israel had a position that God assigned to them in order to keep the tabernacle moving and working properly so that worship was to be done. Some people did the set up and tear down. Uh, other, other people covered the holy things. Uh, the Levites were in their place, and not only were they in their place, but they camped around the tabernacle so that nothing holy could go into the tabernacle and die. So everybody had a place where they served. Do you know that every one of your body parts function for the other body part? And when a body part stops functioning to serve the other parts, that's called cancer. So we cannot have cancer in the body. That means everybody has a place to serve. I love the book of Nehemiah because it lists the children of Israel and everybody had a place on the wall. Even the perfumers had a place where they were building. But there was a group... I think there were Tekoites, Tekoites. You can, look, you can read the book of Nehemiah in your own time. They didn't stoop down to work on the wall because they thought that they were greater than. And we don't want to have a heart like that here at our church. If you're going to become a member, we want to be people that serve. Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it is not about me. It is not about my comfort. It is about you. And God, where do you want me to serve? Where is that place where I can have my hand on the plow? I've had some people come to me and say, hey, Chris, that I need to do something for connection. It's a hard time to people to connect. Okay, you're right. Now, now, now let's back up off here. Let's get in touch with Jesus, right? Because he's in touch with us. Holy Spirit, how do you move towards me when you see deficiencies in me? He comes, and he addresses them, and he meets them, and he strengthens them so that I can become whole. Please treat the bride of Christ the same way when you see deficiencies, when you see. There's people saying, man, we need a parking thing. We need a parking team, right? And people stepped up because we didn't have one. I'm not, hey, we ain't doing a parking team. If you want it, go do it. And people, guess what? They did it because we're the body of Christ. So there's a lot of deficiencies at Bow Down. We know that. But understand, we're waiting for people to say, here I am, send me, so that weak places can be made strong. We don't say nobody got time for that. We don't do that. We say, God, what are, what are you saying? Where do you want me to serve? Now, some of you are in seasons where you have multiple little kids hanging off your legs. This is not your seat. You, you, you might need to be served, okay? Uh, there's other people that are involved in other ministries. I know I got a lot of my Outback people here. Like, like that's a huge ministry that you might not have time to serve at the church because that's your ministry that you're involved. So I understand that as well. But for the most part, for the most part, people don't serve the church. They don't, they don't get in their place. So again, um, 
fill out your connection card. We will be connecting with you and sending you those documents and different things so that you understand doctrinally what we believe. If you go on bowdownchurch.com, you look, you click on what do we believe. We have a whole doctrinal statement. It's probably too big, uh, but we, we've got hundreds of verses on why we believe what we believe. You need to know when you join a church what your church believes, all right? There's churches that don't believe the gifts are for today. We're not one of those churches. There's churches, and you need to know what kind of government your church has. Is it a Moses model where the senior pastor, he just tells everything what, everybody what to do? He comes down from the mountain? Or is it an elder-run church where an elder submits to other elders? It's important that you know this stuff, right? So we want to get you this information so you say, you know what, I feel, I feel called here. So uh, I have... Um, uh, I just want to tell you guys that, that and, 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 and we're going to get to this next week, but I want to tell you some things that we do here at Bow Down, um, kind of our, our, our DNA, if you will. Um, number one, we've purchased multiple homes in the Tamarin Avenue community because uh, Jesus was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And so we have three-pronged approach in why we buy our houses at a church. The first thing is we want to look for indigenous leaders that are from the Tamarind Avenue community, and we want to help them with an interest-free loan to purchase their own home to become a homeowner. So we see that as a need in the Tamarind Avenue community, and so we want to be able to do that. It's part of our Project Restore. Another reason why we have homes in the Tamarind Avenue community is because our staff move into these homes, and they live there with the people that they're being called to serve. Another reason why we have homes is what we call Project 516, which was already alluded to, where young people can move into our homes and serve the community that they live in. So we have homes that we've purchased in order to do ministry where we are serving in the city that we are called to. We've also, by the way, purchased an old 5,000 foot square foot uh, funeral home. And uh, we are in construction right now to fix that up. That building is going to be called T-Hop, the Tamron House of Prayer. And the goal for that is that that place would be a place where it's 24 hours, seven days a week, prayer going nonstop, where we're partnering with local churches trying to worship Jesus because when the Holy Spirit falls, unity happens. When the Holy Spirit falls, reconciliation happens. You don't believe me? Genesis chapter 11, what happened? Tower of Babel, pride, arrogance. God split them up. They spoke different languages, and that's where we get the ethnicities, and the different cultures. Understand what happened at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the gospels preached, the Holy Spirit falls, and now everybody's hearing everybody in one language, even though there were different languages, because the Holy Spirit brings unity. The Holy Spirit brings reconciliation. <sighs> that's not part of my sermon, but that's That's the why behind T-Hop. That's the why. We've got to come together as the... Bowdown's name's not going to be on that, by the way. We don't want our name on that building. 
We want T-Hop, Tamron House of Prayer. It belongs to the Jesus freaks, the collective body of Christ as we come together. It's also going to have a mentoring center in the back. And then upstairs, it'll offer 12 more beds. And by the way, we never charge for rent for any of our houses because we want the people living there serving the community. And so they live rent-free as long as they serve the community because we're about the kingdom of God. All right? Our Project 516 is where we're learning to make disciples of all nations. And what's that, what does that look like? Um, it's a 10-month program where you memorize Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You read a number of books. You have three levels of accountability, peer-to-peer accountability, a Paul-Timothy relationship, and then someone over 50 mentoring you. You also get inner healing, which is prayer ministry, where people do work on your inside. And, 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 and what we tell the people coming into 516 is we care more about who you are than what you do so that you walk in this adoptive love of God and you go out into the world and serve. And we'll talk more about that next week with community, missional, missional, community. It is our dream, by the way, as a church to not just have a Project 516, but that we would have a homeless Project 516 for homeless people that we would have a Project 516 for ex-prostitutes, that we would have a 516 for ex-addicts, an ex-whatever. So as I'm saying that and God is stirring you, maybe that's you that's going to be doing that. We know how to make disciples. We've learned that through 516. We know how to do it. Now we just need people that have this passion, that could use the foundation of 516, but also focus in on what they feel burdened and called to do. The next thing that we have is our outreaches. And we talked about that a little bit already, Nick and Cher. We come into a community, and by the way, I've been in that community for a number of years. I've had, I've had parents tell me the only time I send my kids out to the playground is when you're here. When Cher and Nick are there. When the people of God are there. The salt and light is there. Because without you, there's darkness that's encroaching sometimes. And we are the salt and the light. The salt is a preserver. The light pushes back to the dark. And, 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 and so we go and we, and we stay. But not only that, but we preach this gospel message about this guy named Jesus. And we want to build relationships. And we want people to come to know Jesus Christ. To walk in the fullness of God. To get someone to mentor them. It's another program that we have. E34 mentoring. Okay? Every kid needs a mentor. Every kid needs somebody walking with them. My own kids have mentors. Okay? Everybody, look, Jesus had 12. What did those 12 need? A mentor. 
They needed somebody to disciple them, to train them. We all need somebody in our lives that know what's going on, that can tell us the truth. And, and as we build that relationship, all of a sudden, people begin to open up about what's going on on the inside. And as someone opens up about what's really going on on the inside, all of a sudden, they get healed and they can be free. This is what happens in discipleship relationships, so we have that as well. We're also partner with Urban Youth Impact, which is this place here. I know a guy who works there. If you want to be involved and serve, come see me. And we're also long-term, just so you know, for Bow Down, is we want to plant churches that are in communities of concentrated disadvantage We want plant churches in there connected to an urban youth impact. So one of the churches we're praying happens right now is a church that's going to be planted on on Broadway. And we want to bring an urban youth impact with it to help serve and work together with the church. It's what we want to do as a church. We want to see because there's a lot of churches that are being planted in very wealthy areas. But, but, but who's going who's gonna go to go to those without wealth? That's us. It's who we are. It's who we are. And we're not going to move off of that. Now, last week I didn't get a chance to share some of those ministries with you. And I'm, there's still more ministries, by the way. But I'm going to switch things up now. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 22. So, missionally, and by the way, if you're like, man, I, 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 I just, I feel like I want to, I'm a prayer person. I'm an intercessory prayer. Great. That's Wednesday nights. And then once 516 starts back up, if you want to go on an hour prayer walk in the morning at 5 a.m., right, Kevin? Is it going to be 5? 5 a.m., we can walk around Tamron at 5 a.m. when it's dark, and we can intercede and, 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 and pray the pain off the walls, baby. Come on. So, There is something for everybody to do here, something for everybody to be involved with here. So I'm going to do some, the why, what's called the why behind the what. Again, in a membership class, not a a kind of normal church service, if you will, but hey, what's the why behind the what here, all right? So let's start off with the name Bow Down, okay? What the heck kind of name is that, right? You, 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 You ever think that? Like, uh, I, a couple church consultants were like, hey, man, that's a horrible name. And then you got that scary lion. What are you trying? Are you trying to scare people away from your church? It should be like family, fellowship. You know, it should be something more welcoming. We went with bow down because of this passage here. So let me read it to you. All right. Genesis 22. Then Abraham, verse 5, please, said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship. And I want you to highlight the word worship, please, and come again to you. By the way, that's the first time the word worship is used in the Bible. And so there is this uh, theology term, the law of first mention, where something is mentioned first, it might be a good policy to describe it like that for the rest of the book, okay? So this is really important for us that we understand what worship is, because a lot of people in the church have no clue what worship is. This is worship. 
This is worship. We'll come again to you. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Understand, it was a precursor to God the Father laying the wood of the cross on his own son. And he took in his hand a fire and the knife, and both of them went together. What did they go to do? He went out of obedience to kill and sacrifice his own son because God had told him to. Abraham was very rich and very wealthy. Abraham had a lot of flocks, and his fame, his fame was great. But there was one thing that was more precious to him than anything, and that was the son of promise, his Isaac, who God said, I'm going to make a great nation out of this son of yours. And Abraham, after spending years with his son, being in love with his son, God says, sacrifice him on the altar to me. And the first time worship is used in the Bible is right here. Whoever told you worship was singing lied to you. It's much more than that. It is singing. To worship, to adore, to praise. The Hebrew word shakah, S-H-A-C-H-A-H, shakah, it means to depress, lie prostrate, bow in homage, to bow yourself down, to crouch, to fall, to humbly beseech in reverence. And so 99 times this word is translated worship, but 31 times it's translated bow down, bow down. So the name of our church, Bow Down, is not so much the name of a place to go, but it's a lifestyle that we are called into as the people of God. I want you to turn to Psalm 95, please. So bow down is not a place you go to, but it is a lifestyle where we want to worship and adore our great king, being willing to give the best that we have, Isaac, whatever our Isaac is, it is all yours. I leave it at the altar, Jesus. I surrender to you. Worship is a, a lifestyle. Romans, it, it, it says, live your lives as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. This is your reasonable act of worship. Worship. Psalm 95, it says, Verse 6, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Understand, Jesus is our shepherd here. Bow down in his, is his flock. And as we walk with our good shepherd, we bow down in humble adoration to him. And here's verse, verse 8. It says, do not harden your hearts. Like you hear surrender all. What usually happens is we harden our hearts. Oh, God, I don't want to surrender all. I'll surrender some. I'll surrender a little. I don't want to surrender all. Not my, my, my Isaac. Don't touch my Isaac, Lord. 
And we harden our hearts because there's this fear that's there, right? The enemy has deceived us to, to, to believe that the cost of discipleship is just way too high. But the reality is the cost of non-discipleship is higher. It's higher. And so a disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That is what Jesus calls us to, deny myself. Well, I don't want to deny myself. Cross, that's excruciating. That's painful. That'll hurt. And that's why scripture says all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. The world's going to hate you because it hated me. And then follow. Follow. But I don't want to follow. I want to do my own thing. You see, the very thing, the rebellion that is in all of our hearts, it just doesn't change when we get saved. It's still there. And this is the process of sanctification where we say, okay, God, I'm going to bow down my life to you. I'm all in, God. And I surrender the things I don't want to surrender. Because only you can accomplish my surrender. So I surrender my surrender. Because I can't even do that. I love my life too much. Oh, God, raise up a people that live bow down. Where it is only you. Where we live in an audience of one. Where we're consumed with him. And look, none of us are there all the way there yet. But guess what? This is where we're going. And this is what this church is about. So you're not going to hear messages that are going to kind of tickle your ears. Because scripture warns about that. Where in the last days people will accumulate teachers that will tickle their ears. And tell them what they want to hear. The gospel is offensive to those who are in rebellion against God. The gospel's offensive to rebels. And I'm, I'm a rebel. Because I want to do what I want to do. And Jesus calls us to come and die. So bow down, yes, it's the name of our church. And, and you, you also need to understand this. It's, it's more important... It's how we live, guys. Are you going to live bowed down? I, I know you don't want to, but will you pray, God? I, I do. I know I should. <laughs> I've got a bunch of Isaacs, actually. And he's going to say, yeah, I already know. I've been waiting for you to tell me. If you love me, you obey my commands. And, oh, God, I don't want to obey your commands. And it proves that I don't love you. But you know what? You don't condemn me. You don't condemn me. Change my corrupt heart so that I desire to obey your commands. Oh, God, do in me what I cannot do in myself. I want to be like David that says, I love your law. Your law is better than wine. Your love is better than life itself. Come do that in me, God, so that I can live bow down. That's who we are, guys. This group of people is all about, and, and understand this as well. Philippians 2, you can look it up at your own time, 9 through 11, it says this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you can bow now or you can bow later, but you will bow. Every Satan worshiper will bow. 
He came in a manger. He was broken on the cross. But when he comes back, Revelation 19 through 11, fire in his eyes, a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. He will strike down the nations. His robe will be dipped in blood. And the armies of the angels of God will be beside him. That's you and me. And those who will not bow down will bow down. And you have a choice today. Some of you have never bowed down your life to Jesus. Bow now. Or you're going to bow later. But you will bow. Christianity is not like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pray about it. Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul says this. In the past, God has overlooked your ignorance, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent, to turn from your sins, to give your life to Jesus. Everybody knows John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. But nobody knows John 3, 36. Go ahead and turn there, please. Thomas, what's it say? If you continue to reject Jesus Christ, I don't, know, I don't know if you're here today and you've never decided to bow down to Jesus and to surrender your life to him, understand this is what's going to... If you do not accept Jesus, the wrath of God abides on you. It abides on you. And I just say it in love. Bow down. Bow down. Bow down. That's why the name. That's why the name. I didn't want to bow down my life to Jesus. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And that's why Christ died for my rebellion and yours. So that you can come and say, God, I don't love you, but you love me. Help me to receive your love. I want to bow down my life and surrender it to you. All right. I want you to turn to Matthew 13, please. If we were Baptists, I'd do an altar call right now, okay? Or Baptocostal, okay? So <laughs> if you're God's and he's choosing you and you know you need to give your life to Jesus today, we're going to have a time at the end where you can do that. Don't play games with God. He ain't the one. Matthew 13. People always ask us, hey, why do you guys only do a couple worship songs at the beginning, but then you do the majority of them at the end? And the answer is here in the Bible. And one of the unique things about our church is we want to base everything that we're doing on the Word of God. 
Everything that we do, everything that we do, we want to base it on the Word of God, and we want to have scriptures for the why but behind the what we do. So um, this is why. Matthew 13, 18, hear then the word of the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And so the word of the kingdom, you are hearing the word of the kingdom today. Like you just heard the word of the kingdom, right? And, and, and sometimes we harden our hearts and we walk out of here and the enemy snatches the seed. So it just kind of falls away. And a lot of times in churches, that last song is really not a worship song. That last song is an exit song. You guys know what I'm talking about? And by the way, let me just say this once and for all. As we're talking about what we do here, I'm not trying to throw shade anywhere. We're not throwing shade. Don't go out of here throwing shade either. Oh, you need to do it like this church. Don't, we don't do that. So but, 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 but there is a mindset sometimes that it's just one song and done. It's, it's our exit song. No, 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 no. Here, we want to sit for, with the word, and we want to say, God, burn it in me. I don't want it to be snatched away. This word is way too important. See, look at the next part. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And some people will hear the word of the kingdom and, 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 and they'll receive it with joy, but it's just a surface receiving so that when a temptation comes or a trial comes, hey, bro, you want to hit this weed? Ah. Oh. It wasn't burned in. It wasn't burned in. And now the tribulation comes, and we give in to the temptation. How did Jesus respond to temptation? It is written, it is written, it is written. Psalm 119, how does a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed to your word. I've hidden or treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The reason why we are given to temptation, it's because we haven't allowed the word to go in us in such a way that it's the foundation of our life. Like Jesus walked, he was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Some of you, all of you who were named the name of Christ, you're called to live a glorious life, but people around you don't see the glory because the word hasn't become flesh. You hear it and you're out. Chris, settle down. No, I'm not going to settle down. You are called to bring glory, but there's no glory because there's no word. John 1.14, write it down. The word became flesh, and we beheld his glory. I want people to see his glory. God, I need you to burn that word into me so I don't fall away. Verse 22. Sown among thorns, 
These people hear the word, but the cares of the world, the seepiness of riches, you need to choke that out and put USA. The American dream chokes out. It chokes out the word. So it proves unfruitful. Some of you need Jesus to come with his roundup and remove the weeds out of your life, the things that are choking. I'm too busy to serve. I'm too busy for this. I'm too busy for that. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. More, 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 more. Or are you content? Do you have enough? 23, what was sown on good soil? This is the one who hears the word. You might want to highlight that. Hears the word, understands the word, and bears fruit. And this is the glory. In one case, a hundredfold of glory, 60-fold of glory, 30-fold. Like, you are glorious when you walk, when that word is in you. You're immovable, right? Wind and rain comes, but the person who hears the word and doesn't do it, their house is built on sand. But the person who hears the word and does it, it's burnt in there. My house is on the rock, and it's going to stand. And this is why we worship at the end. Because we don't want to... And so we focus on the end and say, oh God, please come. Now, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 9, please. Second Corinthians 9. Last week we saw a testimony about Mike, and, 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 he, and, he, and he said, if you missed it, um, we'll send it to you if you want it, okay? It should be posted somewhere. Um, but, but Mike was like, yeah, the church only cares about money. Anybody ever heard that? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. Just raise your hand, please, if you've ever. Seriously, if you've ever heard that, raise your hand, please. Keep it up. Yeah, we, I mean, it's just, it's, it's constant. And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to get rid of obstacles for people coming to Jesus, people coming to church. So our church doesn't take an offering on Sunday. There's a box in the back, Okay. Um, why do we do that? Well, thank you for asking. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I want you to focus in on he has decided in his heart. So when you come in here, it should already be a decision. If I have to remind you to give, it's not real worship because it's not on your heart already. If I've got to show a story and sing a special song and pass a plate to remind you to give, it's not real worship because it already should be on your heart. Like, God, you are my God. I want you to turn to Proverbs 3.9, please. So understand there's a, there's a couple things here. Uh, at studying uh, church growth and, 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 and finances and different things, I read books on this. When you pass the plate, you get 33% more in the offering, okay? We would make a lot more money as a church if we passed the plate. It's a proven fact, 33% more, okay? 
understand the heart of our church is without faith, it's impossible to please God. What pleases God more? If we don't mention and we just leave the box in the back and we come, we, we bring it up and we see it in Scripture, or we have to remind you every single week, please give, please give, please give, please give. No. If you're a true worshiper that has bowed your life down to Christ, we shouldn't have to remind you because you're living Proverbs 3.9. Well, what's Proverbs 3.9? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. You might want to highlight first fruits. What does that mean? First fruits. The first check that I write is to God. I don't wait to see what's left over. That's not worship. That's not faith. My first check goes to God, and I trust that he's going to provide. And so we need to be worshipers that worship with first fruits. Understand this. Well, you can't understand that. I'm, I'm, out of, I'm, I'm running out of time. I'm out of time. It should be in your heart. And so when, worship, when, when giving or tithing comes up in Scripture, I will talk about it, but I'm going to be true to the text. So when we planted Bow Down, our first year's total tithes was fourteen grand for the whole year. You ready for that, holy ground? Fourteen grand for the whole year, right? Can't live off that. So I'm teaching through the book of Mark, and the first time finances comes up is the widow's mite. And I'm like, oh, God, finally I can talk about tithing because these people ain't giving. <laughs> and the Lord put on my heart, don't talk about tithing because it's not about tithing. It's about somebody giving their whole heart, giving all that they had, and it's not about money. Don't talk about tithing here either. That's probably why we had 14. No, I'm just kidding trusting God, not tying stewardship into every three messages, fleecing the flock of God. We're not going to do that here. The box is in the back. I don't bring it up. I never bring it up. You know what you're supposed to do. Proverbs 3, 9. You know what you're supposed to do. Do it. It's worship. We don't, we're not going to set up. Look, look, Jesus said this as well. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. It's a favor for you that nobody knows and sees what you're doing back there. It's a blessing for you. So anyway, please don't go out of here bashing church that take offerings and tithes because you, don't wanna, you do not want to judge someone else's heart. Romans 14, 1, don't, ju don't judge another man's servant, it says. I think it's 14, 3. Don't do that. Don't say, oh, you should see how bad. They got great faith. They don't even ask. We're not saying that. Don't compare. Don't contrast. Other churches are doing what they're called to do, what they feel led to do, and they will stand before God one day. That's between them and God. But for us, I want you to know, as we're going through this four-part series of why we do what we do and membership, it's why we do what we do. And if you're going to be a member here, we're asking you, hey, contribute, because you want the bride to look beautiful. You don't want your bride shopping at Goodwill. You want her looking fresh. It's a, a bad joke, but you, you understand what I'm saying? Speaking of clothes, <laughs> we don't dress up all fancy here. Why, Chris? 
Uh, you can jot down Matthew 10.10. 10. Jesus, when he sent his people out, he said, don't wear two tunics, wear one. The religious leaders of the day wore two tunics to be all fancy. Jesus said the greatest man born of a woman was John the Baptist, and what did he wear? Camel's hair. So next week, I want to see you in some camel's hair if you want to be great, all right? But Jesus was always coming out, the Pharisees who had the long robes and the funny hats, and he says, hey, don't be like them. Don't do that because they're all fancy on the outside, but not on the inside. I, I picked up a kid one time from Twin Lakes, and he came to my car, and he said, hey, I can't come. I said, why? Because my mom said I can't come. I don't have any church clothes. That breaks the heart of God that somebody would actually say, I can't go to meet God because I don't have church clothes. That will not happen here. It will never happen here. And we will not establish traditions of men that keep out the people of God. And people come back, well, Chris, if you were going before a king, would you dress up? And I always respond back the same way. This morning, in my pajamas, I was before the king with my nasty, bad breath and my hair all messed up. Just kidding. I'm always before the king because the king is inside of me. He doesn't dwell in buildings anymore, but he dwells in the hearts of man. <sighs> but again, let's not go out and judge churches that dress up because that might be for them their act of worship. Don't judge another man's servant. Be careful from outside judgment. See, people have judged us that we're seeker sensitive because we don't take tithes and offerings. Like we're afraid of people. They're kind of judging from afar. Anyway, uh, you should know, bow down. Anyway, um, <clears throat> last thing here. At the end of, of, of service, okay? We have prayer partners up front. And so while worship's going on, and maybe God convicted you, maybe God's doing something, maybe somebody's going to bow down to Jesus today. I don't know what God is doing. There's people that are up here to pray for you. We prefer males with males and females with females. If you're a female, you want prayer, don't go to a male, go to a female. We prefer that, okay? This is what we're asking you to do. We also prefer multiple people to be up here. So it's just not one guy, right? So if Kevin, who I'm picking on, Kevin, raise your hand. If Kevin's a prayer partner, somebody comes up with a, butt, a messed up knee and their knee gets healed, they're going to be like, oh, Kevin's anointed. He's the holy man of God. So now they're going to go look for Kevin. But when there's two people up front, was it Kevin or, 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 or was it Stephen? Because they were praying together, who gets the glory? God. That's why we prefer two and not one. Jesus sent his people out in what? Twos. His glory. His glory. We are all anointed. John, 1 John 2, 27. Every one of you are anointed by God. And if God is healing somebody today, he might do it through you. Last thing. We go through books of, did I say last thing already? Ah! <laughs> Two more things, because I lie a lot. Um, no, i just kidding. I don't lie. Um, so last thing, last thing, I think. Yeah, it is. 
Right now, we're in a four-part series of a membership class that's usually done with about 10 people, but we decided to do it to the whole church because we got a lot of new people here, and uh, we figured, hey, you know what, let's just do it this summer so that when, when fall comes, we can hit the ground running. People are onboarded. They're in their place. They know where they're serving. They know what their gift is. They know where they are in the five-fold ministry. We're all that, right? We got, we're ready to go. So we're doing a topical series now on membership, but we're going to be going to the book of 2 Timothy next. And here at Bow Down, we prefer books to topical teaching. There's a multiple reasons for that. Sometimes when people stay in topical teachings, they can make the Bible say what, it, what they want it to say. But sometimes when you go through a book of the Bible, like the book of Mark, you're not going to get till tithing till 11 chapters in. And it forces the man of God, who, by the way, is a rebel apart from Christ, to stay on the holy word of God and submit to the word of God so that you get the whole counsel of scripture. And when we go through books, you always know ahead of time so that you in your quiet time can say, God, show me what is written in this book. Speak to me. And we challenge you to journal through the book so that the Holy Spirit is your first teacher and not the pastor on Sunday. We want you to go get it from God. He's in you. He's with you. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. It's his word. He'll illuminate that text. And see, the amazing thing that happens when you're ahead of the preaching on Sunday, so maybe you'll be journaling in chapter two and you'll have your journal from chapter one, and then I'm in chapter one, verse one, for three weeks because it's happened. God may speak and confirm something that you had already written down, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and you begin to grow because you're learning to feed yourself, not being fed. You are not called to be on milk, but meat from the word of God. And we go through books here. Oh, man. Anyway, we better worship. <laughs> worship team, come on up. So, so, so some of you are like, hey, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? This is why we do that. And again, there's no shade. Every church is different. And, but these are the things that God's put on our hearts here for bow down. And so if you want to become a bow downian, <laughs> we're non-denominational, Baptocostal. You need to know what you're signing up for. All right? Our doctrinal page is online. I encourage you to read it and look up all the verses. Father, as we turn our hearts towards you, I pray, God, that if there's someone that's here that has not surrendered their life to you, they would see the goodness and the kindness that is in the cross and that would lead them to repentance, God. That they would repent and turn from their sins and begin to follow you, Jesus. I pray for salvation, God. I pray against the assignments of the enemy. 
that is blinding someone right now who just cannot believe, who cannot see the gospel. Holy Spirit of God, break off every chain, break off every lie from the enemy in Jesus' name. We ask for, 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 for the strong man to be plundered today in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, as we sing, as we minister to you, as we worship you, God, that you would just create in us clean hearts, oh God, so we live fully and completely bowed down to you. We just surrender our surrender, God, because we can't even surrender apart from you. Our life is yours, Jesus. Be blessed by our song. May we worship in spirit and in truth, God. May there be, be nothing, God, untrue in how we worship. As you desire, Father, true worshipers to worship in spirit and in truth. So we give you our hearts now. Come and do, come and do, God, what only you can do. Our eyes are on you now, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.